Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. Remember, you can save $5 at checkout on trumplung7.com using our discount code LSS, as in Louisiana Sister Squad. The truth train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform, Telegram, for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there. On today's episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, we'll be speaking with Jahan Zator. He is a psychologist, hypnotherapist, and self-sabotage coach. Welcome to the show, Jahan. Thanks for having me. So our last episode was so exciting, talking about the conscious and subconscious mind, and we really dove into a lot. Um, You have so much experience, so really excited to dive in to the topics we have today, such as TV and music programming. Maybe we'll touch on a couple of other topics, but we are excited to get started. Thank you. Okay, so those are some very loaded topics. Let me start with the television first. And in order to talk about the TV, I got to give you a lot of uh, statistics and the science as to what's actually happening in the brain when you're watching television. Because a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't hurt me to watch TV. It doesn't hurt me to watch movies. And this is my favorite. I can consciously watch whatever I want because, you know, these are the people who have convinced themselves that they're so spiritual that their conscious mind works differently from every other human being and, you know, their brain is somehow different and in reality that's not how it works. So television is extremely harmful to cognitive development and the powers that shouldn't be, they tell you this all the time. And then you do everything in their power to keep you watching TV. And we know that they do it. It's just that we can't break away from it because it's common for us to become enslaved to the things that hurt us the most. Studies have shown that there is tremendous harm in children who watch television. So a good example of that is 40% of three-month-olds are regular television watchers. And a third of all three-year-olds in America have a television in their bedrooms. So the average child spends nearly 45 hours a week watching television and consuming other forms of media on some kind of screen. And that's important. The screen part is very important. So kids from age 6 to 11 spend about 30 hours a week watching television. And research shows us that all of this leads to problems, learning problems at school, drug addiction, alcohol use, tobacco use, obesity, inappropriate sexual behavior. Children absolutely need to interact with their environment and the people around them in order to learn and in order to develop healthy cognitive function. The average child would have witnessed at least 12,000 violent acts, including murder and rape by the end of grade school and 14,000 sexual acts. 
So by age 18, those figures go up beyond 200,000 accidents. So by the time a child graduates, literally more time has been spent watching television than living in a way to facilitate any kind of learning of necessary life lessons or skills. And they would have witnessed more sex acts and more murders and rapes and stuff like that than they would have spent time in the classroom. And uh, that's very scary. And advertisers target kids and they witness um, tens of thousands of commercials every year. And uh, I think it's on average kids are exposed to 2,000 beer and wine commercials every year. They're watching their favorite TV characters drinking, smoking. I'm going to leave that one out because I don't want to, I don't want to have to edit it out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've witnessed their favorite characters um, involved in you know, compromising sexual situations and stuff like that. So there have been thousands of studies on, on all of this and the impact of violence in the media. And it's shown that kids who watch violent films have trouble developing empathy and they will develop aggressive behavior and they will develop nightmares and they will also develop a fear of being harmed. And so that's problematic because two thirds of television programming is made specifically for kids. The other one third is just for adults who don't have anything to do. <laughs> and um, that TV programming contains more violent and more sexual themes than even the programs that are designed for the adults. And I wonder why that is. Hmm. TV tends to glamorize these violent acts and these sexual acts and it's promoted as being fun or humorous. And I have to say this, everything that we do that we get from the TV, it's been sold to us under the guise of being fun or humorous. A tremendous amount of uh, TV programming that we receive, all of the negative stuff comes from comedies and stuff like that. So they get us laughing along at stuff. And they're really just telling you the truth the whole time. That's why a lot of commercials on TV are so funny because they want you to laugh along, receive the suggestions that are being given to you so that you buy those products or behave in a particular way. There was also a study, I think it was the University of Michigan that conducted a 15 year long study. And the conclusion was that watching uh, violence on TV affects a child's ability to decide whether or not to help someone else in need. The study also found that sex and violence are the next most commonly recurring uh, themes next to drug use, satanic worship, or dark magic, and hating God. And let me mention also that the next most uh, common recurring theme is attacks on race and gender stereotypes and certain ideologies. So kids are taken in all of this before the age of three in some instances, which is pretty, pretty shitty. Because why does a three-year-old need to be seeing any of that? And so we have all of these programs that are designed, you know, like PBS for kids, YouTube for kids. And they make those things seem like they're harmless and make it seem like those things are exempt from that kind of behavior. But it's still subtly embedded in there. And in any case, it's the flickering of the television and the sequencing of the programming that conditions a child's mind, or anybody's mind for that matter, to expect extremely high levels of input. And so that creates 
all kinds of different problems because reality doesn't measure up to what's on a screen. And so if you ever see anybody that, you know, they're in their phone and they're kind of like this and they're like inside the phone, well, they're, if they're inside the phone, then where are they, right? Their consciousness is completely being hijacked by a screen. It doesn't matter if it's a TV, it could be your phone, it could be a tablet, it could be anything that has a screen on it, computer screen, you name it. It's like two hours of TV a day before the age of three. It means that that three-year-old or whatever, two-and-a-half-year-old, whatever age you're at, means that kid is 20% more likely to have attention problems at age seven compared to a kid who didn't watch any TV at all. So, you know, the main reason for that is the kids need to have the interactive learning for proper brain development. And the reason for that is they have double the amount of synapses in the brain as an adult. And there's something called a myelin sheet, which the kid is developing as these new neural pathways are firing when they're having interactive learning and stuff like that. And so they strengthen. And around age six or seven, an enzyme is released in the brain that dissolves all of the myelin sheets that have been poorly developed. And so when a kid is in front of a TV and there's no interaction in their life, then they're not developing a healthy brain. They're, they're actually developing quite a weak brain. And so we walk around in public and we saw, see all of these incredibly incapable adults. And I'm not attacking anyone. I'm just saying what's actually going on out there. People don't know their ass from their elbow anymore. And a lot of these adults, you see them, maybe they're working a menial job or something at Dollar Tree, and they're, you know, in between cashing something or stocking the shelf, you just see them and their mouths are wide open. Well, who does that? Babies, when you put them in front of a TV, a baby will stare at the screen, their consciousness shuts off, and then the jaw drops open. And even some adults watching television do that because that's the effect of it. So let's talk about what happens in adults. The brain is cycling through brainwave states all day long. Delta, which is deep sleep. Theta, which is light sleep. Alpha, which is relaxation and suggestibility. And beta is high functioning activity. So like having a conversation. So right now I'm talking to you, I'm in beta. You're talking to me, I'm trying to, or you're trying to listen to what I'm saying, you're in beta because you're trying to critically process the information. And in less than 60 seconds, the brain switches brainwave states. So when you are in alpha brainwave, you are more suggestible because you're transitioning from high-functioning thought from beta down into this relaxed, suggestible state. The frontal lobe, which is right here in the front of your forehead, that's bypassed within 30, 60 to 90 seconds of watching TV or looking at any screen for that matter. The activity in your brain actually goes to zero. And the prefrontal lobe is the home of the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for your willpower, your morality, your spirituality, impulse control, your ability to future think and critical thinking and analysis. It's the home of consciousness. It's the decision-making part of the brain. So when the TV is suppressing the frontal lobe within 60 to 90 seconds, then the effects of this will even cause people to feel depressed and anxious because there is a tremendous decrease in the activity of the frontal lobe. So when you're watching a movie, the brain is trying to process all of this sequencing and there's like 20 or more images rapidly firing off every second. And so in order for your brain to, to interpret that, 
it literally cannot do anything else. And so the prefrontal cortex has to be activated. So the instant you look at any screen for longer than 60 seconds, your consciousness shuts off. And that's why you get that feeling of getting lost in a good movie. So there was actually a survey that was done. They had these people in a movie theater and they made 5,000 people watch the same movie. And 83% of them misinterpreted what they just watched. So they actually came out of the theater and they had somebody greet them with questions and they asked them about they wa what they watched. And they began telling them, oh, so the movie you just watched was about this thing and this thing. And people were literally like, what? No, it wasn't. So in any case, the rule of cognition is that your brain is deleting about 80% of what's said anyway. And it's distorting and changing information around based on what's already in the brain. So when you watch a movie, you are not getting what's on the screen because, you know, the brain already works that particular way, and then now your consciousness is shut off completely. So you can't critically uh, think about anything. And even if you are laughing or crying or you violently disagree with the information being presented to you, you are blindly accepting input into your brain, and you cannot override the input of that information. So whatever is in the movie activates your limbic system. You can't tell the difference between what is real and what's on the screen. The subconscious mind has no clue what's different between uh, on the screen and what's in reality. And when your consciousness is shut off like that, when your prefrontal cortex is deactivated, you are going to have a hard time processing any input that goes into your brain, and it's going to throw you into fight or flight, which creates stress in the body. And so that's why people you know, like impulse buying stuff. They watch QVC and they buy all the shit they don't need because they've been thrown into fight or flight. The person's speaking at a particular rate of speech, particular tonality, and it's hard for the brain to keep up. So they just call and they order a bunch of shit. It, that's how it works. And any good hypnotist will tell you that the process of hypnotizing someone involves overwhelming the system so that it shuts off and it allows a new idea to be accepted. And so the same thing is happening when you watch TV. And when a commercial comes on, you're so stressed out on a subconscious level that you're likely to buy a certain brand of something just because you don't know what to do. It's gone into your brain and that's it. And so the, the general slogan is sell by emotions and justified by logic. So they get you to feel what they want you to, to feel. And then you associate that with uh, that product until you're a customer for life. The biggest thing with that is that uh, as long as somebody is in a position in general where they're experiencing an emotion and then they're presented with a justification of something enough times, then that's how you can implant somebody with a whole new belief system. And we've seen that with the pandemic. We've seen that with all the mouth breathing mask wearers and you know all the people who are just so convinced that there's a virus walking around with a measuring tape that knows when we take our mask off to not bother us for 15 minutes so we can eat lunch because, you know, the virus really cares about us. And, uh, you know, it, it has patience and it can play the game when we're ready, you know? So we see shit like that happening because they've seen it on TV. The TV told them that. So 
in, in any case, it's the reason why you like any film or any television series or why you like the news or anything like that, or why you like a particular song is because you like what you see and what you hear. And what is on the screen or what is in that song is what you subconsciously believe. And you never have any choice whether it affects you because the front of your brain is literally turned off. So you aren't able to reject anything that you watch. And the same thing goes for the auditory cortex. The auditory cortex is just interpreting information. And so if you're listening to Black Sabbath or something, I mean, I love Black Sabbath. I don't listen to the, the shit no more because I know what it's doing to me. Uh, you know, when you listen to heavy metal, it's agitating the brain and the auditory cortex is trying to interpret all of this information all at once. But the thing about it is, is that if you ever listen to a song, you will hardly ever hear a, a lead vocal and a lead guitar playing at the same time. There's a good reason for that. It's because the brain cannot interpret those two things at the same time. And so if you put too much lead guitar happening at the same time as a lead vocal, the listener will automatically interpret it as this song is shit and they don't want to listen to this. So simple things like that tell you how behaviors are implanted and how we subconsciously identify with all of these things. And it's all a psyop. And so the definition of a psyop is any form of communication and support objectives designed to influence the opinions, emotions, attitudes, or behavior of any group in order to benefit the sponsor, either directly or indirectly. And that's from the Department of Defense U.S. Army field manual. So when you look around in society and you see all these different things and you realize, oh man, people seem to be crazier now than ever. It's because they're taking in all of this information. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a tablet. Everybody's got a TV in their house. And even, you know, back in the days when you didn't have you and that kind of stuff, I'm throwing it back to way long ago when you had the town square. Well, there's a reason why the podium is up above you and you're looking up at the person that's delivering you a particular message because when you look up the brain goes into alpha brainwave state and so you're suggestible and so we used to get our news from whoever's on the podium or the pulpit if it's church or whatever it is or around the fireplace and what is the fireplace doing it's flickering rapidly and so it's making you programmable and so we all sit around and gossip and talk about what happened around there and so everybody believes the same story and so people have been controlled by this method forever. And let's talk a little bit more about what happens in the music, because I'm sure you have questions. It's the process of anchoring, which is a hypnotic process. So if you think of a song that you know that you haven't heard of in a long time, well, why is it that you can recall that song? Because there's a feeling attached to it. And um, if you ask yourself, well, was this feeling attached to a past event, then and you'll get an answer and usually the answer is yes and then you'll be like okay well the first time i heard this song what was happening what feelings did i attach to that and that's all in the subconscious mind so when you understand that six corporations control the media and all of the information that you receive whether it's a television broadcast or whether it's a record that you you listen to on spotify or if you still listen to cds or whatever it is then you know that where you're getting your media is not a healthy source. I'm just going to be completely uh, outright with it and say that, you know, there's a really great book called The Age of Propaganda. And in that book, there's a quote that says, fear appeals are powerful because they channel our thoughts away from careful consideration of the issue at hand and towards plans for ridding ourselves of the fear. And that's what the human mind loves. That's what the subconscious mind loves. 
how do I get that safety shit that I really like? And so that's literally it. Your subconscious mind is scanning the environment, looking for what everybody else is doing, what everybody else loves, what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're smoking, how they behave. And they're saying, oh, everybody else is doing that. Everybody else is shaking their ass on OnlyFans and they're making money. Let me do that. Everybody else is, you know, drinking alcohol and getting screwed up every day of the week. Let me do that because it looks like fun and it seems like you're having a good time. Everybody else is doing that. That means it's safe to do. Let's do that. And so you, when you have like Joseph uh, Goebbels or whatever the hell his name is, and he says, this is the secret of propaganda. Those who are to be persuaded by it should be completely immersed in the ideas of the propaganda without ever noticing that they're being immersed in it. What is he talking about? He's telling you that everything outside of you in your environment, remember stimulus versus response, everything outside of you is designed to keep you in patterns of behavior that are not local to you. And so what is consciousness in this whole thing? Your consciousness is the main thing that's being attacked at all times. It's a, a huge all-out war on consciousness. And that's why when we look around and we see people who seem to be spiritually and morally bankrupt, it's because their consciousness is being hijacked by everything that that's going on around them. So again, the subconscious is looking for safety inside of the collective, the tribe, the herd, whatever you want to call it. So this is how we end up hanging out with friends who drink, who smoke, people who are negative, and we emulate everything that they do by default, depending on, on the programs that are shared. And what does that mean? It means that you have to become really secure inside of yourself where you can simply say no to the things that you're not willing to do because you no longer have the desire to sabotage yourself. So start analyzing the things that are familiar to you, the emotions, the vibrations, the thoughts, the behaviors, the TV shows you watch, the songs you listen to, because those are the programs that you gravitate towards. And the more, like if you're taking in all the chemicals and stuff from any, anywhere, the more you poison yourself, the chances are that your limbic system is activated and the more reward centers of the brain are lighting up like a freaking Christmas tree. And then you're, you're literally not in your capacity to think critically. And that's why I said uh, when people drink a certain substance that's very commonplace every morning, I can't, uh, I can't coach them because if they've drank it, their brain's not operating at full capacity. And these are the people who have a really hard time following instructions. And it's like, I can only coach you on self-sabotage so much, but you've got to stop self-sabotaging in order for me to coach you. <laughs> so it's it's about the impact on the, the brain that is imported in all aspects. And I, you know, I could talk forever on these things because there's so much stuff that I could say about the effects of television and music watching and maybe to music listening and like the propaganda because all of these things the whole entire music industry was designed as a propaganda device and then they train us like the freaking animals on the human farm that we are to believe that listening to music is healthy and, and doing all these kinds of things but before there was the music industry before there was an industry based on the consumption of uh, music we all sat around with drum circles and made our own instruments and and we were in our in, in our power. So we were using these things for our own expression and our own healing. 
rather than having these things weaponized against us to make us behave in particular ways. I wanted to talk about the said number one song on the Billboard charts right now, just so happens to be called N95. The song is by Kendrick Lamar. I have the lyrics pulled up and I would just like to read them to you. Hello, new world, right out the gate, right? Everything is about the new world. And um, it goes on, I will not even continue to read these lyrics, but I just thought that was funny um, when we're talking about music and how it attributes more programming. Um, one thing that I really like to to say is um, when someone else is listening to to music that I don't prefer to listen to, uh, and I'll say especially rap. And so I didn't, I haven't always been uh, anti rap music and things like that. Uh, growing up in New Orleans, around a lot of that, there were plenty of songs as a kid, as a young adult that I thought were they were all fantastic, right? I had all the pop songs, all the number one songs. I was just as, I won't say stupid, I'll say silly as everyone else to just believe that those um, lyrics never had an effect on me. And so the funny thing is, is now hearing other people listen to this music that's talking about a life that's completely different from theirs, um, I can't help but go, wow, I really like this song too. Isn't it so relatable? And so I think about songs like Party Like a Rock Star, right? Um, the rap song where it's like, um, what does he say? I've been fucking bitches and popping mollies and now I'm feeling like a rock star, right? <clears throat> That's so relatable. <laughs> and so I can't, I'm, I'm to the point now, like I can't help myself to where, you know, I'm hearing this music and I'm just, and I'm looking at the person listening to it and I'm like, how how is are these lyrics being passed as okay in your mind? Like um, we jumped out the car and we blasted him. That motherfucker, he had what was coming to him. Um, so I fucked this bitch and then I killed his dog and then we did X, Y, Z. And it's like, what beat is putting you in a trance that you can't? <laughs> possibly hear what this person is saying. Um, the other day, I actually got into a slight argument because the opening lyric of a song um, had some words that I don't typically say in it. But to prove a point, I was like, oh, yeah, that is cool. And I repeated the first line of it. And it was no longer okay. And I said, well, isn't that funny? You're listening to something. It's going to be the, it is the number one song or whatever it is, but it's simply not okay if I say it in real life. So what makes it okay for you to listen to it in real life and you not see how much that's impacting you? I'm just, I'm just laughing because that's the way it works. You know, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And, um, uh, you know, the media houses in Hollywood and, and all these record labels and these artists, they don't give a shit about you. They're, they're not making films or making songs to entertain you or inform you of anything. They're designing stories. And so the number one priority of any artist is to sell a lifestyle, whether it's their personal lifestyle or whatever the controllers pass down the pipeline to them to sell to you. 
And so that's why a lot of lyrics and music these days don't even make any freaking sense. It just is, it seems like it's a random string of things to get you to execute a certain set of behaviors. And so the, the way that's problematic is that people get a false sense of joy from consuming music. And you know, unfortunately, you know, we all, we all love music because we all love how it makes us feel. And what that ultimately means is that we are saying out loud or to inside of our heads on some level that we are not comfortable with who we are when it's quiet. And that's how a lot of people uh, get stuck in. So according to the American Psychological Association, uh, hypnosis is a cooperative interaction where the hypnotist will provide suggestions that the participant will respond to. And, you know, when people think of hypnosis, it's common to think of uh, stage hypnosis, or they think of some old guy with a beard uh, holding a pendulum in front of your face in an office somewhere. But hypnosis for mind control is centered around implanting suggestions that are harmful or change the way the subject behaves in their surroundings. So what happened to you? Something was not okay for you, but somehow it had the ability to change how you felt about that something and you caught yourself. So thank God you're a critical thinker because you caught yourself. The majority of people will not. And so that's how they get you. And um, listening to music puts you in an altered state of consciousness. And so hypnosis is the study of altered states of consciousness. And so that it's altering your state of consciousness, which inherently induces that state, which makes you susceptible to hypnotic implants. And so that's why somebody is going to be programmed with an idea and not realize that whatever it is they're singing along to it, they have no control over it anymore. Stories and stuff are used to distract and disengage the conscious mind. And these stories always have indirect suggestions in them that are hidden within the body of the story or the song, which are accepted by the subconscious mind of the subject. And um, there's usually instructions which bind to the memory of the subject and are based on something that may be relatable. It may be something that in the past that you learned or something that you saw, but they help you to, to perform certain actions in the present. And so when he, this clown is singing about fucking N95 and he's saying, hey, new world, well, he's telling you to accept this as a reality because he's, he's one of the top Illuminati pimps of this time period, really. Uh, I haven't heard the song because I don't listen to music anymore at all unless somebody asks me to sing something by a particular artist. I won't do it. What I really want to say is that I tell people to stop consuming the media because whether it's TV or music, there's two basic types of commands that are embedded in the movies. It's embedded in the news. Uh, it's in the music. And one is called an interspersal metaphor, and the other is an isomorphic. So interspersal is where the commands are hidden in a story so that the triggers are planted in a way that are only detected and accepted by your subconscious mind. And the isomorphic it's usually something that's rooted in a moral or in a song. It's the hook of the song or it's a catchy phrase attached to it, which help to solidify that into your mind. And you make a verbal agreement 
sorry, I should say a non-verbal agreement inside your mind with the artist singing a song cue. And so let me talk about perceptual repositioning. Because if you're receiving this information into your subconscious mind and it connects the triggers and those stories to whatever's in your environment, then it's going to fire off a program. And when you're listening to a song, you are actually in one of two main positions. Now, if you happen to be a musician, that changes that variable. So let me explain that. When you're listening to a song, you're in the drummer's seat or you're in the seat of the lead vocalist. And the reason for that is music is actually mixed. And I'm just speaking as somebody that's a recording engineer as well, that music is actually mixed from the perspective of the drummer. So as if the drummer is on a stage. So when you're listening to a song, you are back here with the drummer at first because there's something very tribal about the drums that lock you into that pattern. And it's that rhythm section that gets you active and puts you into that hypnotic state of being. So if it's like a hip hop song or something like that, yeah, the beat gets you, but there's there's a lot of robotic and pre-programmed uh, instrumentation that's happening. It's not necessarily always a live feel. It's very precise. And there isn't the push and pull that goes along with live instruments playing together that are not necessarily directly on the beat. Hip hop tends to be really precise on, on the beat. And so that particular type of trance, then you get locked into what the vocalist is saying. And so you become in that person's shoes. And so it becomes easier to sell you any ideas or concepts or lifestyle choices because you're listening to music fundamentally as a way to escape your own thoughts, to keep you occupied. Maybe you got a long drive somewhere, so you listen to an album. Let's say you put on a Tool album. Well, you know, Maynard James Keenan's not your friend either. He's in it just like everybody else. It's a big club and you ain't in it. And so a lot of people consider something like Tool to be woke metal music, which it's not really woke. They're just talking at you because if you look at the music video for Schism, look how long ago that came out, but what they're showing you is more Gellens. And if you go watch that video, you'll know what I'm talking about. So... Uh, you know, they're showing you all the imagery of the third eye and stuff, and they got Alex Gray wrapped up in the psyop and all of this kinds of stuff. And nothing, nothing is sacred. Nothing in the mainstream music industry is sacred. All of these media houses control all of these people and have them doing their dirty work, as well-intentioned as it may seem. And so people are just trying to fill that gap in their minds and you know it's not necessarily an insidious thing that they do it to themselves they, they want to have some fun they want to occupy their minds while they're driving two three hours on their commute to work or something like that. so they put on some music and that whole time they're nodding along and singing along and agreeing to what's being said because subconsciously agree with whatever's in any song if you want to know what your problematic emotions are look at the music that you're taking it i do that exercise a lot with clients like what kind of music do you listen to What's the last song you listened to? What's your favorite song right now? What do you emotionally identify with in this music? And if I can get somebody to critically think about their mental diet, because all of this is, is their mental diet, then I can get them to see what kind of programs and what kind of circumstances they're creating in their lives. So I'll say that for now. I mean, you have this really great quote by Jimi Hendrix that I love to, to say all the time. And he says, through music, you hypnotize people, and when you get them at their weakest point, you can preach into their subconscious what we want to say. Who the fuck is we? 
why does sweet old Jimi Hendrix that just wanted to know where Joe is going with that gun in his hand, why is he trying to preach into somebody's subconscious what we want to see? And wh why does he say specifically that through music you hypnotize people and you get them in their weakest point? You can do these things. So it tells you that that's the intention of the industry right there. And they, it's 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 kind of like how they always have to tell you what they're doing to you. It's almost like a weird, strange agreement that they make. I don't really do any consumption of music myself. I mainly write songs that are based on the experiences of, of my clients. So I, just, I ask them, you know, well, can I sing about this particular topic or whatever it is, as if I was you, so that I put myself in the perceptual position of being the experiencer of this problem and what would I say if I was in that position? And so that's how I make my original music based on these things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a healthier way because when people can see that you're able to take their life and something horrible happened to them, not only do they transcend that problem, but then I can also make something that goes on to benefit someone else and it becomes a platform for me to say, hey, so, you know, tell me about your life. Is there anything I can do for you? And I get to talk to all these different kids who are having all these problems and stuff, especially since the pandemic started, uh, mostly talking to kids that don't understand what's going on out there. Then I get to provide free counseling, free advice, help for people who otherwise would not be exposed to it through the same evil that creates it. And so you've got to be really clever about how you use every tool of the cabal against their agenda for for good because that's the only way we're going to win this thing so do you think that 80 percent or more of people are going to actually wake up and we are going to win i think that i think that we us people like us those who will tune into this podcast and those who will wake up and and listen to podcasts and, and read the books and stuff with this kind of information in it are going to put we will put ourselves on a trajectory to have a certain quality of life. And I really think that right now what we're witnessing is the breaking down of society into two sides. Those who don't want to know what's going on and, and they're uh, compliant and happy being slaves and those who are not going to comply. And the problem with that is that there's going to be more people who don't want to comply than who runs the show. And so they don't have any choice but to leave that group alone they're going to continue to attack who they can attack on this side. And they're going to continue to look for more last-ditch efforts to try to draw people from our side or from any other new group into it. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why they're trying to inject babies, because they want to turn you into a slave from the time you're a baby. That way you don't know who you are as a fragment of consciousness having a human experience. Uh, but you're right. They are going after your kids and people that have been awake for a long time have said that they're coming for your kids they're coming for your kids i think that there has to be a balance so i think there are some people who are said to be awake but then also negatively impact their children um with this reality by telling them too much too soon too fast um just as and i think that's just as harmful as the oblivious parent and my in my opinion being a mom and having talks with my kids, um, if you, you know, open up the floor to that, they're going to hear 
what you have to say about things. And you can only really be so careful. You can't censor yourself in your own home. Your children need to have a sense of who you are, what your values are, what your beliefs are. Um, that's been since the beginning of time. That's what moms do. Um, but I think the state of the world that we're in having things be so chaotic, so traumatic as a person who is awake and who doesn't have an outlet to connect with other people like we do. That's not the same. There's plenty of people that think and see all of these things that are surrounded by people who are asleep and don't have someone to talk to. So that's going to get expelled on their children of them being so riled up about what's going. So they're having very adult conversations with their kids about what's happening. So it's definitely a fine balance. You don't want to shelter your kids away from it or censor who you are. But on the flip side, you can't tell them all of the scary truth because you're robbing their innocence just as the programming would. I wanted to um, make a connection for all of the things that we talked about. When we talked about being narcissistic, the reflection of that person, that's who they're obsessed with, that's who they love. Then we talk about um, you know, programming and TV and music and things like that. Those are also almost this, almost the same. So you say like, what are they trying to inject, you know, into our mind? And it's not necessarily the artist. I do believe that there's some artists that have their own agenda, but overall, that is a lot of the goal. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. We're surrounding by people. Oh, I missed one topic. The therapist that said, you're, what did she call you? She said I, I, I was uh, that I have deep personal work to do because judging somebody's personal journey it, it, it means you have deep personal work to do. And I was just saying, oh, so when someone else reaches out to tell you that you're being a jerk and you're being insensitive, they're saying these things that are really rude to tell someone about their opinion. It's it's the same problem. The same problem they had with you doing it, they have no problem doing it to you. It's a very bizarre world that we live in right now. It's it's everybody's thoughts are the most important and everyone should think the same. And so I agree with you that this narcissistic self first, I brought this up before on a past episode about the self care, about it being a very like selfish, just about you type of mentality. Now, caring for yourself, taking care of yourself, but the mentality of self self care, what's it say? I got to put me first. So type of thing is that's not really who we're designed to be. We're being programmed to be that because we're supposed to be loving, kind, giving, generous, compassionate, all of these things for other people. And so the self care put myself first is a very unnatural way of living. <laughs> not one that believes that a man can be a woman by the way um so you know let me talk about that for a bit so to, when people try to jaw jack me well you can't do it because i like who i am because i know what i've been through and i know my heart i'm with me 24 7. i know my actions and i know why i do the things that i do so when somebody says stuff it's a good indication that i've hit a nerve it's a good indication that I'm on the right track because I'm I'm hitting people where it hurts and I'm making them have to think about the things that they think. And so when you tell somebody that you think they're being judgmental, you have to judge that person first. It's like the old saying, when you've got one finger pointed at somebody else, you've got three pointing back at you. 
And I do want to say this quote by Leonardo da Vinci, there are those who see, those who see when they're shown, and those who do not want to see. So that's basically breaking humanity up into three categories, if you think about it, because that's exactly what we're seeing. Those who want to take a look and those who want to do something about it. And then there's those who don't want to do anything about it because that's what keeps them safe. And about the narcissism and the self-love thing, now, I was talking about how self-love isn't selfish. That's one of the hypnotic commands that's passed down through uh, meme culture, new age, personal development, spirituality, psyop. Um, things like things like I have to be special. That's another crazy one because when when you're saying that you're special, it means that you're saying you're better than everybody else. And you know, this is what, especially in America, we've learned to tell kids that you're special and. You got to see all these fucking kids with I'm a princess or whatever the case is on, on these t-shirts. It's like a baby with a bib that says I'm princess. What, what the fuck is that? Like, what kind of message are you really send, sending to that kid? Because telling the kid that it's special and then everybody else is, are the royal subjects and they're the peasants. And then they begin to treat people in that way. And um, the self-care thing is, don't you love those people who want to get a medal because they took a, a bubble bath that day like god forbid you wash your ass today oh good for you like and they post it online like a oh, self-care sunday and like it's you know what the fuck is that all about it's like they just learned that they can have personal hygiene and so that's how the narcissism of that particular <laughs> you guys you guys are laughing hard as hell that's how the narcissism of that particular thing works they don't understand how idiotic they are. And, and they're like, oh, self-care Sunday, and let's go eat 12 donuts or some other stupid ass thing that makes absolutely no sense. You know, when you're drinking a glass of wine and you're calling it self-care, well, when is poisoning yourself self-care? That's the opposite of self-care. So, you know, it's just fucking ridiculous. I try to make this stuff as hilarious as possible because it's dark. And uh, I don't always do so well at that. Sometimes I do because you guys are laughing. No, that was off. great. That was great. Yeah. Uh -huh. And poisoning yourself. When did that? 2020. <laughs> That's when it started being cool to poison yourself. <laughs> it's always been cool and always been fun to poison yourself. And, you know, the self-love thing. I On one of my memes, I talk about how uh, narcissism isn't necessarily a mental illness. It's a change in behavior and attitudes which reflect the global narcissistic cultural values and conditioning so the majority of people that we perceive as being narcissistic are simply on a subconscious level emulating the herd's values and behavior and you know the tv told you that or the music told you that you know it's like well it's like how um i mentioned the only fans thing because that, that to me is one of the most asinine things i've seen in a long time like when did prostitution become uh sexual empowerment it never has been. So I wouldn't say it bothers me, but it makes me think a lot about the emotional states and the subconscious programs that these people have that they think it's okay to sell their freaking coochie online for like $25 a month subscription. And for a lot of people, they see that manifesting as a inability to keep a job or they don't want to work. So they would degrade themselves to not have to 
do the tough stuff in life. And I think that that's very telling because throughout history, wherever there's been a breakdown of society and structures have collapsed, there's been a rise in fake sexual empowerment uh, based on prostitution as some means of feeling good about yourself. And back to the self-love thing, well, if you read the work of Manly P. Hall or Annie Besant or Helen P. Blavatsky, it, it, all of those... Uh, all those people who came up with the spiritual doctrines and stuff like that, well, they're really Freemasons. They're telling you Freemasonry as it pertains to the spiritual aspects of that. And it's really Luciferian spirituality that they're preaching on you. And that's where we derive these concepts of self-love and the need to manifest things and all of that. Because the one thing the Cabal knows better than anybody else is psychology. And they know that people just want to feel good. They just want more stuff. You know, they want to shake their ass. They want to fucking take a bubble bath and have self-care Sunday, poison themselves in the process, and they will use that against you. So what they're going to do is they're going to tell you that you can manifest anything you want if you just do these particular things. They're going to tell you that you got to love yourself, and they're going to use that as a form of cult programming to brainwash you into pushing away all your friends and family because as long as the people around you don't believe what you believe, then they're wrong, you're right, and you love yourself. And so because I love myself, I have to isolate myself from everybody else, which makes you open and uh, susceptible to more programming from the cult. Because isolation is one of the first steps in brainwashing. We saw it at the beginning of the lockdown in action. It's something that's getting harder and harder in life is the people with those behaviors. There's so many more people with those same behaviors. There's no more regular people to give these people a reality check. It's toxic AF. I'm going to need a self-care Sunday. <laughs> Before our podcast today, one of our amazing members on Telegram, Kelly E, submitted a question for you. She wrote, I'm always drained every afternoon since I was in my 20s like to the point some days my brain is foggy and my eyes ache is it my subconscious just saying i'm tired every day at the same time because it's a routine how can you tell the difference if it's an actual problem or your subconscious playing with your mind i would have to say that there are so many people walking around with shot adrenals because they are either consuming something that is subtracting their energy and not giving them energy and there's people who don't get enough sleep and you know some people really do need to sleep for like eight to ten hours sometimes like if you've got a lot going on and you're not getting enough sleep and you're constantly underslept you're gonna have fatigue but i would say that sounds more like a chronic fatigue issue than the subconscious saying this is what we do every day and now we're tired because the subconscious never gets tired of playing the programs that it loves to play on as long as it's keeping you safe uh, it just kind of does what it does. And so I would have to ask a lot more questions personally in order to figure out if it's really something subconsciously that's leading you to this position every day or if it's just that you're having something that's causing fatigue. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? There's three things that everybody needs to go and check out. So there's this thing called CSC, which is Comprehensive Sexuality Education. And there's a website called stopcse.org. And there's actually a really 
great uh, documentary going around that tells you all about the International Planned Parenthood Federation, which is a big part of the agenda, which is all about the attack on kids. And what these people have done is they've infiltrated all the schools and they're in over 170 countries and they're dictating to children things like what consent sounds like. And they're all talking to kids who are even close to being at the age of consent. And it's stuff like, uh, it makes me hot when you touch me there. Can you do that? This is what they're teaching kids to say to other little kids. And these are not things that should be taught in a classroom. These are things that need to be addressed by a parent and only a parent. So stopcse.org is the first thing I want to tell everybody to go and check out. The next thing I want people to go and check out is a series called Cult of the Medics by David Whitehead. Cultofthemedics.com. Or you can type it in on BitChute, Rockfin, and you'll find David Whitehead's work. He's a great guy. He really cares about people and he cares about getting the truth out there. I've talked to him myself on my podcast and the kind of person that you can call on when you got anything going on and he'll try to help you if he can uh, so check out cult of the medics because it's a deep dive into how the cabal works how we got to this point in humanity and i would actually go as far as to say that for kids of a particular age if you want to explain to them all of the things that are going on this would be a great series for kids like a teenager or something to sit and watch with them and tell them, listen, kids, this is the reality of life. This is all about the symbols and the Illuminati, and this is what's going on, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. But David breaks it down so easy to digest and explains things so easily. And it's not that he's projecting anything onto you. He actually does a really great job of asking you questions, which get you to critically think and ask more questions about the information that's presented. So it's not just you have to believe this and that's the way it is like it is in the rest of the truth community. And so the third thing I want everybody else to, to go check out is a website called cchr.org. That's the Citizens Commission for Human Rights. And it's all about the history of the psychology, psychiatry industry and how it's been designed to keep us suppressed and keep us in fear, keep us on the medication, keep you sick. How would one go about actually, you know, hiring you? Uh, how do you how do you go about doing that? Well, if you want to see me, all you have to do is hit me up on Instagram. I know you guys will put that at the end of the show. Uh, then we can schedule a call, and uh, we will talk about what it is you think is going on, and we'll we'll work from there. Uh, you can send me an email at jahantwsator.gmail.com. Hey, if you're interested in connecting further with Jahan, you could check out his podcast called The Boundless Authenticity Podcast on Anchor or Spotify. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Before you go... Hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.